Well, it is a, it's a real honor and a privilege uh, to be here today. Uh, thank you, Jamie. Um, like he said, we've, we've been here at Christ Fellowship for two and a half years, but from the outside looking in, we, we are the longest um, visitors that ever in any church. Uh, uh, but uh, finally, after about 20 years, we decided this is where God wanted us. Um, but no, God has a timing for everything. And, and so, but I'm Philip uh, Posey. This is my wife, Nancy, right here. We've been married 26 years and couldn't, wouldn't be here without her. Uh, I have three children, uh, Jacob, who's 12, uh, Kristen, who's 16. There she is. And then I have one last daughter who's a freshman at A&M this year. Come on, I need some whoops. Uh, and so it's just, um, it's just th- today I just wanted to share with you uh, kind of our story of, of how we got to be here. Uh, Jamie's preaching through this series of the, the year of the, the Lord's favor and, um, and this section on uh, preaching the gospel to the poor is, um, I thought it would be, kind of be related to what, what I do. And so... Um, um, so as I, as I begin to prepare for this, uh, thinking about my story and, um, you know, it, it, it began to kind of, it began to kind of speak to me about what God's done in my life. And so just as a review, uh, for what Jamie went over last week, uh, I'm going to read the passage for you uh, out of Matthew, uh, out of Luke 4:18. It said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim that this is the year of the Lord's favor. And so, um, so as a recap and a review, um, Jesus actually read this in the, in the synagogue. And, and I think it's really important to kind of understand um, what had happened before this. Jesus' ministry was really just starting. Um, he, had, um, he had just been baptized, and immediately after baptism, it said, uh, the Spirit of the Lord has descended and said, this is my son who I'm well pleased. And, and without even a pause, it says, then he was led into the desert to be tempted. And so after Jesus came through the temptation for the 40 days, uh, the next place he goes, he goes to the synagogue. And, and in the synagogue, they read the Torah, and then they, then they read the pro- uh, prophecy, uh, prophetic word. And this, this day, it happened to be out of Isaiah, and then they'll have a blessing. And so when Jesus enters the temple, and he reads from Isaiah 61, and he reads this passage to them, and then after, after he finishes, he said, Today, this scripture... Is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, what he was saying is this: I am the Messiah, and I have arrived, and you need to know it has started. It was time. It was time for salvation of the world. And so, so this is this is where we're at in this passage, and this is the setting. And so, um, and as as we go through the review of Jamie last week, he talked about. Uh, that Jesus was on the mission of God. And so Jesus started his mission. And what happened? He left here, and immediately after that, we see he cast out unclean spirits. People are healed. We begin to see him uh, provide provision in, 
and the feeding of the 5,000, and you, you see Jesus' life begins, his, his ministry life begins, and we, we just see this empowering. And so, uh, so Jesus is on a mission of God. Jesus is empowered by the Holy Spirit, and, and miracles begin to happen. And then Jesus is the revelation of God. And so God sent his son to reveal Jesus to the world. And so that was his purpose. His purpose was to come and do that. And so Jamie then said, what, is, what, is our, what, are, what are we supposed to do? And we were actually supposed to do the same things. That as believers, we are on mission. And that when we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, then things begin to happen in our lives. And we move forward and progress through the mission of our life and through the empowerment of Jesus in order to reveal Jesus to the world. See, Jesus came to reveal God to the world. And Jesus has sent us out to reveal Jesus to the world so that the world may know God. And so this is, this is where we're at in the year of the Lord's favor. And, um, and so as I was thinking about last week's sermon and how that relates into my life, uh, then I began to kind of put my pieces of my life together and my story. And, um, you know, I grew up as a preacher's son. Uh, my wife, Nancy, she grew up as a preacher's daughter. Um, and, don't, you know, the only thing worse than that is really the worship leader's kids. I mean, they were really bad. But <clears throat> Just kidding, Jamie. Um, <clears throat> and so we, uh, we grew up in great homes. We grew up in... And going to church and learning about God, and much the way, the way Jesus did. Jesus grew up in the synagogue. His parents were taking him and, and training him up in the way of the Lord. And, and then there was a point in his life where his ministry began. And, so, and that's the way it was for us. We, we'd been married about 10 years. We, we were in church. We were active. We just, um, well, active might be pushing it a little bit. Um, we, were, we were in church, and, and it was important to us, but I just don't know. We were just weren't we weren't seeking his mission, and um, I was at work one day. I, I had a I had a good job. I was a retirement counselor, and I would help people figure out their retirement. and And I was sitting in my office one day figuring out mine. And I thought, hey, if I do this 30 more years, uh, here's where I'll be. Hey, that's that's pretty good. And as I began to kind of contemplate the next 30 years of doing that. A real kind of a sick feeling came over me, and I thought, is this all you have for me? And I began to pray, and I said, if this, if God, if this is all you have for me, I don't want it. And you can take me home now. And that was really my prayer. Um, I had grown up in the, in the Lord and gave, gave my life to Jesus at seven, and, and he, Spirit spoke to me. I, I've, I've always had felt close to God, and... Um, and if that was it, if this was the, this is all there was to life, it just was meaningless. You know, it's like the song we just sang. Uh, Without you, there is no meaning. And so uh, I came home and I talked to my wife and I said, Nancy, I don't know what this means. And, and she said, maybe you need to quit your job and let's, let's go do something. And so we, um, I quit my job. And I thought, hey, I'm stepping out on faith for the Lord, and he's going to bless me. And he, he was going to bless me, all right, but it wasn't the way I was thinking. Uh, as we began to spiral down financially, um, 
God began to draw us closer to him. And we began to be closer and closer. And Matthew 6.33 became our life verse. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will, he will provide all that you need. And in Matthew 6, it, it really, if you haven't read Matthew 6, you need to read the whole chapter. It's, it's pretty pretty amazing scripture. But, um, and so we just began to trust in the Lord. And so as we were moving on our mission, we had, we had stopped and we, we decided we were going to move on a mission towards God. Uh, we began to be very active in the church. I was doing visitation and hospital visitations and, and um, out in the community. Uh, I began to lead worship. And, and that, was a mir- that was like a miracle. Um, um, God was empowering us. He, he, he'd begun to do some miraculous things in our life. Uh, you know, I, I had never done anything like that in my life and, and was very uncomfortable doing it, but God, God blessed it. And so uh, we began to just let God do with us whatever he wanted to do. And we began to see healings uh, in our church. Um, we've just, his provision, there were seven months where I had no income. There was no money coming in. I had two, two children and, um, just for about seven months, people would just come and give us, take care of us. The body of Christ would do that. This was not our family taking care of us. You know, we didn't have, you know, both of our dads are preachers. Let's get real. (laughs) Uh, so we didn't have any kind of Family, this was the body of Christ loving on us, and we began to see the body working, and God began to do miraculous things in our lives and begin to empower us. And um, so, as we continued to move through this process, uh, I was um, uh, <clears throat> I made this kind of joke the first thing, but my, my, our, our organist came up to me after the service, and this this group. We'll definitely not know what an organ is. Uh, it's a, like an electric piano. Um, but um, she came up to me after the service one day, and she said, uh, I had a dream about you. And she said, um, I had a dream that you were counseling thousands of people. And she said, does that mean anything to you? And I said, no, not a thing. And she said, I, ju- I just felt like God wanted me to tell you that. And I said, okay. So... Um, Life went on a couple more months, and a friend of mine who was um, on the board of Pardon and Paroles in, in Arkansas, uh, he said, hey, we're going to a Chuck Colson conference in Washington, D.C. Why don't you go with us? It might be a ministry opportunity for you there. I said, okay, cool. I'm, I'm all up for, you know, I was looking for a possible way I could fit into ministry with uh, just serving God on a full-time basis. And, and so we, we go up to Washington, D.C. I'm in this big conference, and this little lady walks up to me, and she says, what are you doing here? And I was like, uh-oh. We got a live one over here. And I said, uh, just looking for ministry opportunities. And she said, she said, I see you counseling men coming out of prison. And I see you counseling thousands of people. She said, does that mean anything to you? And I said, well, it might. And so, so, um, it was kind of a very surreal moment for me uh, just to have a strange person like that walk up to me and just speak into my life like that. And so uh, we get back home, and about three months later, Nancy and I are thinking, well, if, if God wants me in ministry, you know, I just don't know anything to do but just go to seminary. That's all we know to do. So, 
So I came to Southwestern and looked at uh, the seminary here, and, and we were going to need money to start school, we were going to need a place to live, and we were going to need a job. Well, I hadn't been able to get two or three of those things in two years. Uh, for two years, I didn't really have a job. I didn't, we didn't have any money. And, and so I said, if God wants us here, he'll just provide. So we, we had one day to come up here and look. And so we came up to visit one day, and Nancy found that they did have some housing for us here. And so um, I had some meetings with some association directors, and I was trying to look for jobs. And as I was leaving, I met the director of ministry relations. He helps seminary students get jobs. I saw him in the hallway. It was about 5 o'clock. And he said, hey, weren't you in my office today? And I said, yeah. And he goes, tell me your story. And I told him my story. And he, and he just said, with so much confidence... He said, if, if God wants you here, he'll work it out. Don't worry about it. If, if you're supposed to be here, God will work it out. So we get in the car, we drive back to Little Rock, um, get up the next morning, and I get a phone call about 10 o'clock, and, and it's the guy I met at 5, and he said, guess what? You'll never believe it. A guy called me this morning, and it's the perfect job for you. And I said, what's it doing? And he goes, you're going to be a case manager to the homeless. And I went, I've never even talked to a homeless guy. I said, How? I, don't, I, said, I don't know nothing about that. And he goes, trust me, it's you. Just based on what you told me, this is what you're supposed to do. And I said, okay. So I set up an interview that Friday. I drove back up here. And, and I, I like to say this. This is not a good interview technique. Um, uh, I had one answer the whole interview. Uh, every time he asked me a question, I said, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I said, if God wants me to do it, he'll give me everything I need to do it. And, and literally, that, that was my only response to him the whole time. It's just, if this is where God wants me, he'll give me what I need. And so as you're going interviewing for college, you know, after you graduate, I don't recommend that. Uh, but um, we got to the end of the interview, and he said, if I were to offer you this position... School starts next Thursday. How, how would this all work? And he said, um, and I said, well, you'd have to offer me on Monday. I'd have to pack on Tuesday, move on Wednesday, start school on Thursday, and I could start work on Friday. And uh, he goes, that's cutting it kind of close, isn't it? And I said, if that's what God wants me to do, that'll all work out. And so he called me on Monday. We packed on Tuesday. We moved on Wednesday. I started school on Thursday. And I called and said, can I start work on Monday? Because I was shocked. So... <laughs> So, but uh, it put me in a position, it, it, it led me to a ministry position where I literally counseled thousands of people. In the next four years, I counseled over 2,000 people. And, and these were all homeless people. They were all um, indigent, most of them on, you know, cocaine, alcohol, just the, the, the roughest of the rough. And the most fun I had in my life. Uh, I would come home every day and say, Nancy, they pay me to do this. I mean, it was just, it was, a, it was an unreal job at that time. And so, um, so as we begin to step out on our mission in life, we begin to see God empower us. He began to provide for us financially. He began to do miracles. We saw people being healed in our church. Uh, he did miraculous things. He got me a job. Uh, I, mean, I was able to get a job in one day where I hadn't been able to get one in two years. Um, uh, just, just provision along the way was just incredible. Um, 
the prophecy, people speaking into my life, and, and those things coming to pass. And, and, and it reminded me a lot of what happened to Jesus. He, he started on his mission. I'll, I'll go and I'll suffer. You know, I have a, a passage here in 2 Corinthians. Uh, Paul tells the church of Corinth, he says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And so Jesus came and made himself poor to start his mission. And so we, we got it in our, ourselves uh, in a position where God was now empowering us in our lives. And we move forward and, and progress through the mission and through the empowerment to reveal Jesus. And that's what we did. That's what we did in our lives. And God began to just reveal Jesus to other people. And so um, that's, that's, that's kind of how we got to where we're at today. And I'm, I'm still at Cornerstone. I've been there 14 years. And um, um, we just... Uh, <clears throat> We just allowed God, we stepped out and just allowed God to, to work, his, um, work himself into our lives that way. And so um, now, where are we at? You know, 14 years later, uh, for eight years I did real intense street ministry. And so for the last six years, they put me in an administrative position. We're now um, building homes and um, providing housing for first-time home buyers, low-income families. And so um, it's still rewarding. I'm, I'm not in the trenches like I used to be, and I, I really love that. And that's another testimony I'll have to share some other time. But um, um, so what we what we begin to see now is um, earlier this year uh, we're in core right now, and if you if you need to really pray seriously about being in core, uh, if if you if you want some kind of direction and mission. Uh, there's no better place to get encouragement, uh, building up, uh, just people loving on you. Uh, it's really been a good, uh, been a good season for us. So um, we were talking earlier this year about wanting God to reset us, re- re-release us into ministry, and uh, and just us. You know, if you've been to um, Antioch, if you've been to the um, World Mandate. Sign me up, you know. They made sign me up again, Lord. Um, we were, we were ready. We felt like uh, God had put us in a point in our life where we were ready ready for a new ministry. And um, and really, what's happened now is when we went into core, we couldn't afford it. We we didn't have the time. Um, it's all impossible for us. And we knew that God wanted us there, so we just said, Look, we're going to step out on a new mission, and we're just going to trust. Where God wants us, and He's going to take care of us. And when we did that, uh, we began to see Him provide for us. He began to provide for uh, the the cost of core, and we began to see. Um, they they prayed healing over my shoulder. I fell in in July and hurt my shoulder, and they, um, I was prayed over, and my shoulder was healed. And so all of a sudden, we began to see these empowering Holy Spirit coming, and and so. Um, uh, we had someone to speak over us in September um, and, and say, God is going to release you into a new ministry. And, um, and so in October, another person spoke over us and said, the exact same thing, God is going to release you into a new ministry. 
And, and as we begin to see the same pattern happening in our lives again, you know, I, t- I told Nancy, I said, God has to speak to me through people because I'm too dumb to hear him any other way. He, he has to just come out and say, do you not understand what I want you to do? So, um, so, um, so this is what was spoken in our lives, and, and we, Nancy and I really both felt like in order for us to be launched into a new ministry, we need, we need to be out of debt. So um, we didn't know how that was going to happen. We began to pray that God would just release us from debt. And we were offered an opportunity. Um, I, I am, I'm, re, I'm rehabbing um, a condominium right now. And we, we sell the homes. When we fix the condos up, we sell them to low-income families and, and make them homeowners. And um, <clears throat> the Homeowner Association president, she, she just one day uh, casually said, hey, why don't you and your family move out here? And we said, got a house and a yard and... You know, I'm comfortable. And, uh, and it, she goes, man, you could really help us out here. And I said, okay, well, we'll think about it. She goes, I'll make you a deal you can't, you can't pass up. If you just come out here and help us for a year. And I said, okay, um, we'll think about it. And so we, I, I called a real estate lady. I said, what can we sell our house for? And she, she told me, and I went, whoa, it's a good, Grant, where you at? It's a good time to sell a home. I mean, and so we put our house on the market two weeks ago. It sold in less than a day for more than we were asking. And, and so here in the next three weeks, we're going to move into these condos. And we believe it's God's uh, opportunity to, to get us totally out of debt by the end of this year. And, and someone said like a couple weeks ago, the year of Jubilee. So, um, so, so this, is, this is the direction we feel like God's calling us into now. And I, I want to tell you, Everything that God's doing in our lives now, because we are, we're on our mission. He's beginning to empower us again to, for provision, for words of, of encouragement and, and prophecy, uh, healing in our lives. And we're beginning to see him move in our lives again uh, so that we may go and reveal Jesus to the world. And, and I want to share that with you to let you know that in that, Nancy and I have a peace. There's, there's not like, oh, we're taking one on the chin for the Lord. It's, it's nothing like that. It's, it's like there's a freedom in it and there's a peace in it to say, okay, let's, we'll go wherever you want us to go and we'll do whatever you want us to do. And, and there's, a, there's such a peace in that with her and, um, and with me and even the kids. When we, we took the kids uh, over to the condos and said, hey, what do you all think about this? And they were like going, let's do it. And so um, there, this, just the peace of the Lord is upon us. And I just want to encourage you that, um, that when, you, when you step out and do things like that, it's, it's, not, it's not about, um, you know, something, oh, it's, it's going to be hard. God gives you a peace to, to do what he's called you to do. And so, um, so what did I learn uh, when, I was at, um, when I was working with the homeless and, and to get back to my story and how it relates to this passage. You know, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And I really believe that he, He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And, um, you know, when I began to do street outreach ministry and things like that, I would have, I'd have guys to come to me and, and they would say, Yes, I want Jesus in my life. I want to, I want to trust Jesus. 
and I'm going to put away my addictions, and I'm going to go after him. And then three hours later, I, they'd be behind the building smoking crack again or whatever they were doing. And, and, I, and I would plead to God, and I said, Oh, God, why can't they put their sins down and follow you? And the Spirit of God would say to me, I don't know, why can't you do that? And so God began to stir in me um, that, you know, we, we, we look at the poor and we look at people in, in situations like that where, where their sin has a physical manifestation of their life. And we kind of go, golly, that's bad, that's bad, that's bad. And we look at ours and go, well, I've got mine. I mean, God understands, you know. And, God, and I'm, I'm here to tell you that God began to reveal to me he sees my sin the way he sees their sins. And he began to convict me that I need to have God's eyes for, for the poor. And I need to see them the way God sees them because God sees me the same way. And so I began to, um, when I began to pray for them, I began to, God began to convict me of my own sins and, 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 and why <clears throat> their sin is just like my sin. Because sin, the Bible tells us, is an enmity towards God. It's a, that means it's a direct attack on God. It's an assault on Him. Whether it's this horrible looking sin out here or this little quiet one that you just deal with. and It's all the same to God. It's sin. And so God began to give me eyes, uh, His eyes for the poor and, um, and how He loves them. In spite of their sin, He still is pleading with them to come. He's still wooing them to Himself. And so God began to work on me and, and, and give me a, a compassion for those people to woo them back to the Lord, to continually woo them. The second thing I think he taught me was unconditional love. Um, you know, when, when someone lies to you or steals or, you know, you just feel like they, they've, you know, they've done this against me. And, it, it's, and typically it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with you. Um, and I began to look at people and go, gosh, you know, why should I trust them again? You know, why should I, why should I put myself out there for them again? And God began to show me unconditional love. And unconditional love meaning, you know, and I shared this in the first service, is if, am I willing for God to love me the way I love others? No, because I want God's special love. See, I want God to love me more than I love others. And that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, love others the way I've loved you. And, and when, we, when we learn, when we understand how much God loves us, we're able to love others more because we're, we're overwhelmed by that love. When we're able to understand how much God has forgiven us for, we're able to forgive others. You know, I used to say, you know do you want God to forgive you the way you forgive others? No, no, God, I want extra special forgiveness. And so there became this, this living uh, laboratory for me to, to kind of look at people and go, I've got to forgive them. And I didn't realize, you know, when you realize how much God has forgiven you for, you, you must forgive. When you realize how much he's loved you, you must love. And so if you're having trouble loving or forgiving, I'm just saying, you, need, you might need to have a little time with God and, and kind of work through 
his love for you and his forgiveness for you. And so that's the second thing God began to teach me, is that his unconditional love is always there. It's not based on how good I am or how bad I am. It's based on how good he is. And so um, that's the second thing he taught me. And then the last thing is about eternal relationships. You know, Jim and I were roommates 33 years ago. Uh, and when I think of Jim, uh, when I think, when I'm 80, I, I think Jim will be there. You know, we'll sit on the front porch somewhere and talk about what it was like to raise our kids and, and go to church and all the things that we've done in life. And, and I see Jim there. Uh, when I think of when I'm, when I'm old, I think of Nancy being there and my kids. And, and so these people I have this eternal relationship with, like, they'll always be in my life, you know? And so when I began to minister to the homeless, they were more like projects where you'd go, yeah, I'm helping you today, and you, next year I, I don't even know where you're at or what you're doing. And, and God began to convict me. Have you read, who's read the book, um, Same Kind of Different as Me? Okay, a little less in this group than the first group. Um, you know, it's a story about a rich man and a, and a homeless man in Fort Worth. And... Um, in the book, it talks about how their relationship developed, and it's a, it's a good book. It's a fun read because uh, they, they, they use the language of the people, and it's, it's kind of interesting to read it. But, um, so the, um, <clears throat> the homeless man asked the rich man, why are you being so nice to me? And he said, because I want to be your friend. And he goes, well, I'll think about that. And so uh, the poor man comes back a week later and says, I thought about what you said about being your friend, and he, think, and he said... Uh, I heard it said that some people go fishing, they catch a fish, and they throw it back in the water. And he goes, yeah, that's called catch and release. It's a sport. And he goes, well, I need to know something. Before I'm your friend, are you a catch and release kind of guy? Because if you are, I have no business being your friend. And I read that, and I thought, oh, my goodness. I, I have a thousand fish. There's no way I could be friends to a thousand of them. And so... Um, so I began to pray and said, God, who's the one fish I need to keep? And, uh, and I, I had a, a client of mine whose son had died in a house fire, a uh, 16-year-old son, and, and I, I had the opportunity to walk through that grieving process with him and the funeral and the whole thing, and, and it kind of bonded us. And as I began to pray, God revealed to me, this is the man. And, um, and so I just told him, I said, you know, we were talking one day, and he was pulling his, his stuff it was addiction stuff on me, and I said, you don't understand this. God has told me that you're going to be in my life for the rest of my life. And I said, so you need to get off of this. You need to get your life straightened out, because if we're going to do life together, I need you to be on board with me. I need you to be walking with me, not out under a bridge somewhere. And, um, and he looked at me really weird, and he goes, you're serious. And, and just that conversation changed him. And for about three or four years, he and I, he was doing really good. Now, I'm not, I'm not sure where he's at again. He's um, out there, on the, but you know what? I still love him, and I still have hopes and aspirations that when I'm 80 years old, I'll be sitting on the front porch with him somewhere talking about these crazy days that he struggled with his addictions. And so, um, and so God taught me about not looking at people as a project, but looking at people with compassion and thinking of them as an eternal relationship. Because these are, you know, one guy said, what's the only thing you take to heaven with you? 
a soul. So we need to get busy with, with gathering souls to take with us. And so, um, so anyway, that's, that's the, the, th- the three things that God had really taught me about ministering to the poor uh, is, is God's eyes, to see them through God's eyes, to love them unconditionally, and to build eternal relationships with them. Um, you know, as I read that passage to you earlier, how Jesus came um, for your sake, he became poor, that through, you, through his poverty you might become rich. And as I read that passage, I, I, I realized that he's talking to the church at Corinth, and he's telling them, Who, who's poor there? They were all poor. Without Jesus, we're poor. See, and so we, we, in this world, we want to kind of put the poor on another level, and then we're kind of over here. And, 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 and Jesus came and said, you're all poor. Without me, you have nothing. Without his presence, their life has no meaning. And so, um, and so uh, um, I just, um, in, in that poverty that we all have, I, I want to encourage you to think of who are your poor? You know, where you work, where you go to school. Who's it, who are the poor people that God's put around you? You know, it, it may be, like me, it may be really means, it may really mean like the poor. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that. It could be somebody in your school. It could be somebody at work. And so I, I just encourage you to begin to pray and seek God and say, okay, if I'm going to be on my mission, and if I want you to empower me, who, who are the poor that I need to be ministering to? What, what's that... What's that, what's that direction I need to head into? And so um, I, I want you to consider that today. And the, um, yeah, so who are the poor and afflicted in your life? And then I want you to kind of reflect on my story. Um, you know, I was in my office minding my, business, my own business one day, just living life, going through the motions, and one day my life changed. It just, it just takes one day. Uh, and I want to encourage you. Are you ready to start your story? Some of you may be in the middle of your story. Some of you may be at the end of a story. And it's time to sign up and, and re-enlist and go at it again. And so you're, you're at some point in that process along the way. And I would just... I just want you to encourage you to look at your future and go, where do I want to be? Where, where does God want me to be? And um, so I just want to, I want my story to inspire you to, to, to think outside the box just for a minute and, and see what that looks like for you. Because it doesn't mean quitting your job and doing all that. That's what it meant for me. But you need to decide and, and seek God and what it means for you. And so, um, so um, as you... As we kind of end the service today, um, I'm trying to. Um, as we kind of end the service today, I want you. I don't want that to be your prayer. Is that, you know, Jamie said one of the first sermons that we heard when we joined here, is that that we should come here in order to be changed, and if we're the same when we leave as it was we were when we came, we wasted the opportunity. 
We wasted a perfect opportunity for God to change us. And so today, as the ministry team comes, you know, this is a really neat thing that um, CF does here, is that uh, we don't really have an invitation. We, we, have a, we have people down here who will love on you, who will pray for you, who will encourage you. And if you need prayer today, and you're, you're like, I don't know what God's saying to me, uh, man, these people will love you well. And so I just encourage you that if God is speaking to you today, then this is it's a great day to come, you know. How awesome would it be to say, Super Bowl Sunday 2015, Jesus changed my life. And I, I went into a different direction. So anyway, thank you. Great job. Thank you, Phil. So, hey, you guys, let's just press into the Lord here. Let's respond to the Word. And, um, you know, the, the thing that struck me both times in hearing Philip this morning is just the, the uh, opportunity that's before all of us to have our story changed, you know, and it's to follow Jesus into the mission, to be empowered, to be people that reveal Jesus to the world around us.